and welcome to The Therapist Mindset. I'm your host, Jamie Bonaiuto, licensed professional counselor, licensed alcohol and drug counselor, registered yoga instructor, and Reiki master. The Therapist Mindset is an unscripted, unedited podcast because I believe that our mistakes are not failures, but lessons and possibly our greatest opportunities. The Therapist Mindset offers evidence-based therapies with a spiritual backbone. Through mindfulness, we can grow and change. If you want to support The Therapist Mindset, please like and give a five-star review, follow, and share. I thank you in advance. It would mean so, so much to me. The more you share and give five-star reviews to The Therapist Mindset, the more people it'll reach and the more people we can show love to. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's get started. All right, today's topic, let's dive right in. It's a doozy. It's something that's really hard to hear. We are talking about breaking our hearts. Heartbreak is one of the most difficult feelings to deal with. It is a unique and very challenging type of grief, depression. Heartbreak is universal. It's something that we all experience. But today, we're not only talking about heartbreak, we're talking about ways that we break our own hearts. That's right. You're doing it to yourself. No one really wants to hear that. But at some point, we got to look in the mirror and have this hard conversation with ourselves, get real honest, and say, let me stop breaking my own heart. Some of this I'm doing to myself. How do we break our own hearts? We've all been there. We've all had heartbreak. We've all had a breakup that hurts, a divorce, a breakup of a relationship, a loss of a friendship. We all have been there. Like I said, heartbreak is universal. It happens to each and every one of us. And it's hard enough as it is. And then here we come, making it worse, causing our own suffering. What are some ways we break our own hearts? The number one way, in my opinion, is snooping on social media or what I like to call third-party contact. So when you browse on social media and happen to say, oh, let me just look and see what this person is doing, you're breaking your own heart. How often or how many people can think of a time that they were minding their own business on social media, and then for some reason decided to go look at their ex's page or their ex's new partner's page. And whatever they saw there contributed to you then feeling blue, down and out, irritated, or just not very good. It doesn't feel good. Stop doing it. 
why on earth are we looking at their social media? It serves no purpose. You're causing your own suffering. And then the third party contact is the mutual friends or acquaintances. Oftentimes people are well-intended. I like to give people the benefit of kindness. But more often than not, even though it's well-intended, it's usually gossip. And gossip is never something that feels good. It might feel good in the moment, But as we dwell on that gossip, as we think about it, as that energy stays with us, that typically contributes to anxiety or depression or just overall a not good feeling. So when somebody well-intended calls you up and says, oh, did you hear about your ex? This is going on or that is going on. Engaging in those conversations, that third-party contact, is a way of breaking your own heart. I like to tell people at the start of a breakup, when I know I am brokenhearted, that this is challenging, it's going to be rough, all mutual acquaintances, tell them right off the bat, so and so and so and I broke up. I'm having a really hard time with it. I want to focus on my healing. I know that at some point you might have information that you think is in my best interest to know. So I know it's well intended, but I'm going to ask you up front, you know, already, please just do not share any information. I don't want to know. It's not going to serve me any good purpose. And people who are genuinely your support system will understand that and abide by it. So stop snooping on social media and stop engaging in gossip about your exes or anyone else that you no longer have a relationship with. You're clinging to the past. And when we cling to the past, when we cling to the old, we do not give ourselves that space for new opportunities to enter. So the more we stay in that yesterday energy, the more we delay our blessings, the more we block our own abundance. So move on from that. How else do we break our own hearts? Trying to prove your worth. If somebody doesn't choose you, stop trying to prove to them that they should or should have. We have to accept that maybe this just isn't the partner for us. We have to accept that although disappointed, although we wanted this relationship, perhaps we are just not compatible and that's okay. I'm going to read a quote from A Return to Love. That is a book by Marianne Williamson. 
she um, talks about an older book, The Course of Miracles. It's like The Course of Miracles Cliff Notes. But she says, it's not our job to try to make a relationship into something we think it should be. If someone doesn't behave like a great romantic partner, then perhaps they're not meant to be that for us. That doesn't make it wrong. Not every relationship is meant to be ultimate romance. If the train doesn't stop at your station, it's not your train. So essentially, the ego gets offended. We get butthurt as butthurt. That's a funny saying, right? We get butthurt when someone doesn't choose us. Like, why? I'm worthy. And then we spend time trying to prove our worth. We don't need to do that. Someone that's meant for us is going to choose us. And all we have to do is be our authentic selves. So if the train doesn't stop at your station, it's not your train. If that person doesn't choose you, that's not your person. The ego is the one that gets offended. The ego wants to prove that that person is making a mistake, that they should choose you. But someone that's meant for us is never going to pass us by. Someone that's meant for us is going to accept us as we are. How else do you break your own heart? You put yourself last. We spend countless amounts of time asking ourselves why someone doesn't love us right. But we never ask ourselves, how do we love ourselves? We show people how to love us by role modeling how we treat ourselves. If we're not treating ourselves with love and kindness, how can we expect our partners or potential partners to treat us with love and kindness? You have to love yourself first. You have to honor yourself first. And then there'll be no room to tolerate people treating you badly. All right, this is a controversial one. I'm going to tell you something that's going to be hard for you to hear. You are attracted to the toxic. People always ask me, why do I end up with the wrong partners? Or why do I attract the wrong partners? Or why are the wrong partners attracted to me? You are attracted to toxic or chaotic people. You are attracted to people who are not compatible with you. That's self-sabotage, baby. You keep choosing people you know on a conscious or subconscious level, but you keep choosing people who are not compatible or are not capable of loving you the way You deserve to be loved. It is not that those people choose you. You, That's where we have to take responsibility for breaking our own hearts. You are attracted. You are choosing 
toxic people, emotionally unavailable people. You are self-sabotaging, breaking your own heart by choosing people you know are not compatible for you. Or once you realize that they are not compatible for you or they are not capable of being an authentic partner, they are not capable of commitment or they are emotionally unavailable or not capable of being the partner that you feel is a good fit for you. That's when we have to let them go. Say, I accept you for who you are, but I also honor myself and know that we are not compatible. But that's not what we do. We break our own hearts by trying to continuously prove our worth, like I mentioned, and change them. We try to change the other person instead of changing ourselves to figure out why we're attracted to toxic people or chaotic people or people who are emotionally unavailable. Why instead of looking inward and trying to figure out why we are choosing people who are not compatible with us, not aligned with us, we're trying to change them instead. And as you know... We cannot change other people. We can only change ourselves. So the remedy is to look inward. Why do I keep doing this? Is this a pattern I'm repeating? Are there childhood wounds here that I need to heal? For example, if you were abandoned by a parent or caregiver or felt abandoned by a parent or caregiver, you may choose or be attracted to partners who can't commit, who ghost you, who abandon you. If you feel a parent or caregiver was emotionally unavailable, that inner child wound may manifest in adulthood as you choosing being attracted to partners who are not capable of emotional intimacy. So instead of focusing on the bad behavior of the partner, we have to focus on why we keep attracting them and what we need to heal in order to attract and choose partners that are more aligned with us. Next is you compare yourself to everyone else. This is a pet peeve of mine. People cause their own suffering day in and day out by comparing themselves to everyone else. Nobody is here on this earth with a timeline, with a, I have to do this by this age. I have this much time to do that. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody's time frame for things that they want to accomplish in this life is different. No better or worse. The more we compare ourselves to others, the less we're growing, the less we're spending time working on ourselves and evolving. Plus, I always like to tell people, you're comparing yourself to somebody else. 
but you don't really know. People only show you what they have going on in the front of the stage, I like to say, in the front of the house. They show you the clean room, the finished product. Everybody has a messy backstage. And you're comparing yourself only seeing the front of the house. If you saw the messy basement, the messy attic, the messy backstage, I think you might feel differently about making these comparisons. So be very cautious when you catch yourself comparing yourself to other people. You're not comparing yourself fairly. There's no fair way to compare yourself. That's why we shouldn't do it. You're comparing yourself to what you think this person has or is. But you probably don't know the whole story. All right. Get clear on what you want. We break our own hearts by being wishy-washy. We break our own hearts by not being honest with ourselves, by not letting people know who we really are, by not allowing people to see us for who we are. Get clear on who you are and allow people to see that. If we're not honest with others about who we are, if we don't allow them to get to really know us, the, the real us, then we resent them for treating us in a way that doesn't align with us, with our authentic selves. But we really can't fault them for that because we haven't shown them who we really are because we're afraid of being judged and rejected. But unless we take that risk, we're going to continue to break our own hearts. So how do we stop this? How do we break up with breaking our own hearts? If you keep picking the scab, it never heals. If you keep picking the wound, it never heals. We have to identify the behavior, the pattern, we have to identify what it is that we are doing, that we are causing our own suffering, and then stop doing it. We have to leave it alone so that it'll heal. So identify what behavior we're participating in that's self-sabotaging or breaking our own heart and stop doing it. Secondly, We need to feel the feels. We can't avoid the grief, the depression, the anxiety, the emotions that don't feel great. We have to feel them. We have to honor the grief, but we can't stay there forever. We have to honor the grief, but keep it time limited. Is there a set amount of time? No, there's not. So what I tell people to do is if it's prolonged grief, if it's, you know, turning into a depression, allow yourself some time every day, but schedule it. 
some people, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's part of the purpose of it. For some people, the exercise is to schedule a pity party or to schedule a time period every day, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you think is appropriate, but not more than 30 minutes and cry, cry, tantrum, kick your feet, allow yourself to wallow in your self-pity, throw yourself a pity party, set a timer, and when that timer goes off, you are done. Get back to life. Eventually, when we make it a purposeful act to throw ourselves a pity party, that's when the tables will start to turn and you'll honor that grief, you'll honor those emotions, you'll let them take space with you, take a seat at the table with you, and then they will dissipate and move along. And then look deeper, look, like I mentioned before, for a pattern. Is this an inner child wound that needs to be healed? Is this rooted in past trauma that's resurfacing that you need to process, get support, find a therapist that you connect with, go to a yoga class, seek spiritual support or religious support if that's a support system for you. And many pastors, preachers, priests, rabbis are so skilled in pastoral care and grief work that they're a great resource if that's something that aligns for you. And massage. When we're talking about trauma, research studies have shown that in addition to therapy modalities like internal family systems, EMDR, somatic healing, yoga and massage were just as effective And when combining yoga and or massage with therapy, that those people had the most success of overcoming symptoms of trauma. Why? Because trauma is stored in our bodies. It's regulated. It's a nervous system reaction. So we have to have that physical processing. And then once you identify the problematic behavior, what you're doing to cause your own suffering, what you do to break your own heart, like snooping on social media, for example, then make a commitment to stop the cycle. Make a commitment to make a different choice. If we keep choosing to do what we've always done, we're going to get what we always get. So if you know that you have a habit of snooping at your ex's social media and then going to sleep crying afterwards, stop doing it. Make a commitment to yourself to stop doing that and you will get a different result. If looking at your ex on social media with his or her new partner causes you to become upset, stop doing it and you will have a different outcome. I promise you. Please join me for a self 
love meditation and breathwork session coming up. And again, please give this podcast a five-star review. I thank you so very much. The way we can serve others and grow this community is by sharing, giving a five-star review, and following the therapist mindset. You can also follow me on TikTok at the therapist mindset. And if you have any questions or you need resources or you have any ideas for podcast topics, please email me at the therapist mindset at gmail.com. Thank you. I love you guys. Be well.